it up, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> we didn't record anything today. That would suck. I hate that. I know that's <laughs> happened a couple times, and it's like the worst, because you feel like you can't use the same jokes again. <laughs> we've never, uh, thankfully, we've never gotten that far. I think the only, no, yeah. we, we've only gotten as far as like, I don't know, all of our bullshit. I don't even think we've gotten like all the way through our like top of the show stuff. I know we've had at least one lost episode that like just completely I mean I remember that one that you know I was I was con- you know I was I was in um communication with Zencaster to try to figure out if we could get it back or, or whatever. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember. And then it just makes you want to like quit forever. You're like, "Well, let's just not do that episode. Let's just move on to the next one." You know what? But I think cuz you have to have a little refresher period. You know, you have to watch it again. You have to get Basically, I, yeah. you know, even though nobody heard it, like all new material, because you'll have a joke and I'll <laughs> laugh at it and then you'll try to use it again. And it's like, yeah, Ted, I heard that already. <laughs> no, no one, no else, one did. else did, <laughs> exactly. but I did. Yeah. Not that I'm not not that I'm um, not <laughs> magnanimous enough to to laugh at it again um, <laughs> or vice versa. You know, I'm sure I'm sure it happened in the course of that episode. Uh, so are you like exhausted after your uh, first week at getting up at 4 a.m. again or whatever? Um, eh, I yeah. But yeah. uh, I mean, what else is new? I, I'm, I was exhausted waking <laughs> up at like eight or nine yeah. and getting done working at seven. So it's it's not it's not bad. Getting back into the schedule is not easy. But mm. I I do, and I think I said this on on the Patreon app, or, or maybe this got clipped from what we recorded on our last episode and got put on Patreon. But I, I really appreciate the the new schedule, like having time mm. in my day, in the daylight, mm-hmm. to do things. Yeah, it's um, it's rough when you, you know, or, you know, I used to, like, just collapse. If I didn't close my eyes a little bit earlier in the day, I would just, like, my body would just shut <laughs> down. And, like, a laptop running out of batteries. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so I that, that part of it sucks, but. Yeah, but what I'm what I'm realizing so already one week in is that I have got to like Monday or Tuesday stay later in the office and edit the podcast there as opposed to coming home and doing it because five out of the five days of the week last week I came home early because we we had like something going on around like noon or one or. Uh, like one of the days of the occasions, Grace texts me. She's like, "Come home early, please, uh, and you you can work on the podcast from here." And then I didn't work on the podcast, uh, yeah, and, until Friday and Saturday. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, why don't, should we just get started? We can. Yeah. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. <laughs> it's a show about one thing: watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about season nine, episode nineteen, "The Maid." But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, "The Frogger"? The real only bit of homework that uh, we had written down was I wanted to know where I recognize the actress who played Lisi from. Uh, her name is Julia Campbell. She is currently fifty-nine. Her most noted role to date was probably mean girl Christy Masters in Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, which I've never seen. Have you seen that? I have not. <laughs> it's got uh, Phoebe and another blonde actress whose name I forget. It's not Christine Taylor, but someone like that. Anyway, uh, she's also been on tons of TV shows like Still Standing, Martial Law, Herman's Head, Allie McBeal, Malcolm in the Middle, Friends. House, The Mentalist, The Practice, The Pretender, Dexter, Heroes. Uh, in 2005, she was in Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell, which I did see but did not make any impact on me except that I 
can confirm that I've seen it. But <laughs> I, find, I feel like that's yeah. everyone who's seen that movie. <laughs> that that, so. that movie is so unremarkable. <laughs> yes, in every single way. It's like it was just the height of Will Ferrell being able to take any job he wanted and just yeah. kind of yell it was, and flail it was around. Will, <laughs> Will Ferrell mania. Oh, what if he did this wacky yeah, yeah, job? Yeah, exactly. Very much like Jim Carrey's career kind of went where you know Jim Carrey could he could write his own ticket and anything and I can't think of what his kicking and screaming would be but it, it was the same kind of thing where you know people just want to see him flailing around and doing his funny voices like let's just film that <laughs> okay you know what what we're, we're looking it up Jim Carrey's, Jim Carrey's kicking and screaming. He, he's got to have a kicking and screaming right yeah. like post Ace Ventura and the mask he did something um that. that uh that that many people have seen but is objectively not good is that is that kind of what we're going for yeah yeah just just the, the used his talents in the least okay. uh, remarkable so, way i guess so so if we're looking past ace ventura and the mask yeah. looking at it as imdb there is dumb and dumber uh batman forever where he was the riddler I, holy shit tim you know what? It might be the cable guy. I was going to say the cable guy, but the cable guy has had a second life where, like, I definitely mm, remember true. a lot of it, you know? The one I, the ones I'm going to throw out are Liar Liar, or I think this one's more accurate, Me, Myself, and Irene. Mm. I'm going to say it's Me, okay. Myself, and Irene, because that one really, it, it's got its moments, don't get me wrong. Like, I still remember renting this movie for the weirdest reason. My friend Peyton and I, so we were all hanging out at my buddy Mike Bush's house a, in college, and... Everyone was like, we want to watch a movie. Tim and Peyton, you guys go to Blockbuster. Yes, the Blockbuster in University Mall and rent a movie like a bunch of cavemen. But keep in mind, this was, you know, late 90s, probably early 2000s at that point. And so we go. Yeah, because that movie came out in 2000. And so we go to Blockbuster and we're like looking at the new releases that were all in a special section. If you've ever been in a video store before <laughs> and <laughs> and we saw me, myself and Irene and my friend Peyton, I still remember that. I don't know why this conversation is like a core memory for me, but he's like, I heard this sucks donkey balls. Let's get it. <laughs> and and so we took home me, myself, and Irene. And it's not the best. I put it, it's probably as funny as kicking and screaming, but it's just Jim Carrey being a wacky guy with split personality disorder. And so I'm going to say that's his his uh kicking and screaming okay uh looking at his imdb i have actually got a different nomination okay um where jim carrey played a character where his interpretation of the character wasn't universally liked mm. the movie was not liked <laughs> but a lot of people saw this based on the hopes that they had for it for jim carrey's kicking and screaming i nominate 2004's a series of unfortunate events. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting because he's playing such a—he's uh, playing a character from literature mm -hmm. that he was able to make a choice on that many, I, I, which I wasn't familiar with the book, and I've never seen the movie. Yeah. See, I have read all of the books. They were my shit whenever I was younger. Yeah. And I didn't hate his interpretation of Count Olaf, mm -hmm. but I will say Neil Patrick Harris in the Netflix series did a much much better job ha yeah that's an interesting time in his in his career there because after like bruce almighty might have been and then yeah, eternal bruce... sunshine was like oh, very four. dramatic yeah yeah the same year as lemony snicket fun with dick and jane i mean i, I didn't want to count that 
just because I don't I don't know anybody. You have to have seen it. You know, you have to have seen the movie to make it his kicking and screaming. And I don't think anybody yeah. saw Fun with Dick and Jane. Hey, I I thought Fun with Dick and Jane was hilarious. <laughs> I've never obviously I've never seen it. I I thought it was funny, and uh, and I'm what thirteen at the time. <laughs> it's written by Judd Apatow. Maybe uh, maybe I should check it out one of these days. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it's probably one of the weaker Judd Apatow movies, but I thought it was funny. Yeah, he didn't direct it though. I think the best Judds are him directing his own stuff. But uh, yeah, that one I, I had no idea he had anything to do with it. Directed by Dean Parasot, who has not really done anything. Of- oh, he's directed some episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Interesting. Ooh, okay. Stars. Looks looks like. Uh, <laughs> well, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what do you think is Jim Carrey's kicking and screaming? Please tweet at us at No Hugging. Uh, but <laughs> that's all to say that the place I really recognized, and I couldn't believe this when I saw it, the place I really recognized Julia Campbell, aka Lisi, from was 1990s Opportunity Knocks, starring Dana Carvey. She plays his <laughs> love interest in the movie. Have you ever seen this movie? No, no, I haven't. Uh, it was, I probably watched it a billion times when I was a kid. It was, I don't know why, I guess I just rented it because I thought Dana Carvey was funny <laughs> when I was nine or ten. And he, so he plays a con man and they break into this mansion. They they hi- start hiding out in this mansion, him and his partner. And it turns out the guy who owns the mansion is, is going to be gone for a month. And the guy who was supposed to house it for him couldn't make it, but nobody knows this. And so the guy who owns the mansion, his parents show up and Dana Carvey pretends to be this house sitter and starts trying to con the family like out of this out of all this money. But he falls in love with the daughter. And it's just I don't know why. I wonder if it holds up. I wonder if I think it is just as funny because (laughs) I was absolutely I loved this movie as a kid. Um and Dana Carvey, and so I, I really want to watch that again. I should look and see if there's any Seinfeld uh, or any other show people that are in it because it was one of my favorite movies. So what a weird spot to realize where I recognize Lisi from. Um, speaking of movies, I didn't do an entire deep dive on Peter Stormare, who plays Slippery Pete, the rogue electrician in this episode, but we, we do have yet to do Jurassic Park on Patreon, which of course stars the great Wayne Knight, star of Seinfeld. But now we can maybe double up one month and do Jurassic Park and The Lost World because that has Peter Stormare. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and who knows <laughs> I mean, who else from Seinfeld? We can do uh, Jurassic June or something. <laughs> yes. Because it's too late for Jurassic January. We've already done. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, I feel like it would be totally our MO to do something that does not have any alliteration and be like Jurassic March. (laughs) Oh, wait, actually, Jurassic March kind of works because Jurassic Park. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's perfect. (laughs) Jurassic March. (laughs) Take the logo and just uh, cross out the P and make it an M and cross out the K and make it a CH. Yeah, perfect. You could even maybe (laughs) just black out the top diagonal on the k and it would look like a weird h you know <laughs> that's true that's if true. you took if you didn't make the full so god i i hate how i was trying to make it seem how we just try and make anything work and then i made something work <laughs> yeah yeah all right get ready for jurassic march patreons and if you're not subscribe now so you're ready when it drops man the lost world is like i remember that movie being very shitty I, I don't think I've seen it. So I'm not, it's really weird. And and they, they picked it back up, I feel like, with three. And then Jurassic World is a whole other animal. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's a whole new world. It's a whole new world. But yeah, I remember not liking the second one and it being kind of bad. But we'll see. We'll see this March. 
The original episode title for the Frogger was The Cake Parties, which I don't hate. Sometimes I hate the alternate title more often than not, I feel like. But I like The Cake Parties. It's a little less on the nose than The Frogger, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's and Frogger is a proper noun. I think that's another reason I don't like it. We, uh, this may be the only episode title that is a proper noun. This was kind of homework, and I, and I had a feeling we'd uncover it. So we wondered, since Kramer doesn't really have a storyline this episode, if we'd learn that there were a bunch of deleted scenes. And yeah... Kramer's whole storyline for the episode was cut. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, and I wondered if it had to do with the caution tape that I could see in the background of one scene, and it does. Okay. Uh, so in this episode, he courts a woman named Madeline, who he meets outside the bathroom <laughs> at Monk's, where you can see caution tape when George is upset and storms off when he finds out that the scores will delete when he <laughs> unplugs the machine. So it must have had something to do with this storyline. It was totally filmed, but cut from the episode in its entirety due to length constraints. So, oh my God. Yeah, Kramer's like really taken with this Madeline. She's not into him. Eventually, he successfully lures her into a restaurant by ma marking a restricted path with his yellow caution police tape, which sounds pretty funny. Like using the police tape to pick up a woman. That's like a pretty wacky way to and creative way that the writers came up with for him to use that. So like I'm imagining she's walking down the street and she's, you know, she comes across some caution tape. Oh, can't go that way. Can't go that way. And eventually she's just like prodded into this restaurant where Kramer is waiting for a date or something like that. So and obviously that storyline would have and does, but not really, continues into this episode we'll talk about today called The Maid. Hmm. Yeah. So um yeah, we'll we'll get to that later, but it's it's pretty interesting that his whole thing was just kind of cut. And he wasn't that upset about it. I guess they were close to the end of the run. He wasn't gonna throw a shit fit like <laughs> Jason Alexander did in the early season when he when George completely was cut out of an episode. So here's some other stuff. Oh, a little dive on Frogger, too. I, I had some of this info last week, but on September 24th, 2005, Twin Galaxies Intergalactic Scoreboard. So that's a guy I was talking about who's in King of Kong, who keeps track of all the arcade records mm -hmm. around the world, Twin Galaxies. Uh, they offered a $1,000 cash prize to the first video game player who could break George Costanza's fictional Frogger high score of 860000 630 points. No player was able to break the mark before the December 31st, 2005 deadline. So they gave him like three months to do it. Like, what? For just a thousand bucks? Yeah. Uh, on December 22nd, 2009, Pat LaFay of Westport, Connecticut scored a Frogger world record high score of 896,980 points. His score was beaten by Michael Smith in 2012, and LaFay uh, retook the Frogger world record with his high score of. 1,029,990 in August of 2017. Those are the only three scores that have been verified as having beaten the fictional George Costanza Seinfeld score. And two of them are from the same person. Two of them are from the same guy, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jerry Seinfeld came up with the story of George attempting to preserve a Frogger high score himself, interestingly hmm. enough. Uh, on the day of filming the real-life Frogger sequence, Jerry belatedly realized that, and, and how anal is this? I wouldn't have even noticed. The road lines were white when they should be yellow to match the Frogger graphics. Come on. <sighs> Come on. Oh it's the God. day of filming. Just eat eat it and film it, and nobody would have noticed. L yeah, literally no one would have <laughs> caught on to that. 
But instead, we have to thank production designer Tom Azari for coming up with a last minute fix of just covering the white lines with yellow tape. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Jason Alexander performed his own stunt, diving out of the path of an oncoming truck and being no showered way. with the shrapnel of the crushed Frogger machine. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Rules. I was shocked, too. That's a pretty, pretty elaborate stunt for Seinfeld. Yeah, especially because, like, you if you don't dive far enough, you're getting your legs run over. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to get hit with a motherboard or something a, a crt yeah. screen or something like that yeah so good for him the frogger machine oh i found this uh too because we wondered like okay there's been no power outage in new york city since jerry and george were in <laughs> high school and so if the frogger machine scores do reset once power is lost george and jerry both attended jfk high school in 1971 but there was a citywide blackout july 13th through the 14th 1977 at which time george's frogger score would have been erased if the physics of the game uh, or the show hold true to the machine <laughs> so there was a huge blackout that would have would have killed it i guess unless mario's maybe mario was had the forethought to have a you know the only working generator in in queens at that time that's why he's so broke. That's why his restaurant's closing. He's running out of money. He's been running this generator since 1977. Yeah, all for George. I recognize this guy the second that I read this. Reuven Bar-Yotam plays the driver Shlomo that George hires, and he was previously a passenger on Kramer's reality tour bus in the Muffin Tops. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember him. <laughs> com he complains about something. He talks about his bagel or, you know, asks what the tour is about. And he asks Kramer some question or something, and Kramer blows him off. But I totally remember that guy now. <laughs> um, and there's no, there's nothing that says he can't still be Shlomo in that scene. I think that is Shlomo. That's Shlomo. True. Yeah. I'm going to say that's that's Shlomo, who was, was doing a solid for his buddy Kramer and bought some tickets on the on the tour uh, or maybe maybe he didn't know shlomo yet maybe that's how they met kramer's a true. very sociable guy the kramer shlomo cute meet cute i mean yeah <laughs> i found this interesting that the overweight jay peterman employee becky who elaine mentions has some sort of glandular issue or something i don't remember that was played by seinfeld writer jennifer crittenden in a fat suit oh apparently i know i did not notice that but uh i thought that was a weird why did they need to do that maybe the, maybe you know they were like all right does anybody want to you know a walk-on role before we wrap up the show for good and yeah who knows maybe <laughs> it was that kind of deal and this blows my mind <laughs> i wonder if i should ted can you search for man what should I, let me let me try a search here to see if i can no, no, no. It's not going to work. I'm just going to have to tell you, and then you're going to have to look it up. Because okay. I can't believe <laughs> that you didn't recognize this kid. The child who was first seen playing on the Frogger oh, yeah. machine I, and I, loses. I, I, <laughs> I saw this going back into uh, into the episode yeah. uh, and watching the credits. Because the cover art uh, screen cap I got was like right near the end. And then I just set it up like, okay, I'll just finish this episode again. I'll watch the credits, and I'll go right into the next one for... For, for this episode, right? Yeah. So I'm watching the credits and I see, wait, 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 wait. Drake <laughs> Bell as Kenny? No way. There, there's, it's got to be a different Drake Bell, right? Yeah. So I looked it up on IMDb and sure enough, it was not. It was the same Drake Bell. I could not believe that. I mean, does he, is he just unrecognizable from his nickelodeon days or yeah this is like this is before his nickelodeon days because yeah, yeah. he's got he's got long hair he's still got like his baby weight yeah yeah <laughs> i thought that was so yeah the, the the kid who has a name kenny which is never used is future nickelodeon star drake bell uh that george distracts and gets uh you know killed in the game and and uh kicks him out beat it kid yeah 
that's that's Drake Bell, which is which is wild. I yeah, I I don't know. I'm not a Drake and Josh fan, so I wouldn't have recognized him. But oh, I'm okay. a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed in myself because I'm Mister <laughs> Watch the credits and look at every name, uh, and I and I didn't do that. So yeah, yeah. I, I I was a Drake and Josh fan for sure. <laughs> Uh, but I feel like if you don't know anything about like what Drake has done in the last 10 years, I feel like the less we talk about Drake Bell, the better. <laughs> okay. All right. That sounds good to me. Because uh, that's it. That's the last thing I was going to mention. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. Uh, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last uh, 20 five minutes being exclusively uh, research and bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the show and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. Uh, I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or nohugging, no learning show at gmail.com. Both both of those links are in the description. Also in the description, you will find a link to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, you can join the It's a Hyundai tier, and you can get access to all the content that we clip out of these episodes to publish on our main feed, as well as anywhere from two to three movie reviews a month that are in the Seinfeld universe, and actually, uh... As we are recording this, so as you are listening to this, we, about a week ago, released our first one of 2022, what my wife calls the best New Year's movie Mm -hmm. of all time, our review of Ghostbusters 2, and we'll probably be recording another one this week as you're listening to this, but we we don't know what that one is going to be. I I think we kind of have a hunch of the next couple ones that we're going to do, but uh, that's something that we can talk about off mic. Mm Mm-hmm. If you want to support us but you don't have any uh, money to give us, that's totally fine. You can give us a a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify as well. Either way, I would appreciate it if you can send us a screen cap of your review because sometimes these review sites aren't the the most trustworthy with showing us new reviews and or or like updated reviews. But if you do that and you send it to our email, we will send you a no hugging, no learning sticker free of charge eventually. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to get cards at some point. Mm -hmm. I've been I've been putting that off. I I ran out of thank you cards, but I do have like a cool design of a custom one that was printed out um, or not even printed out. That was designed for us. Um, So I got to get those printed. All that being said, season nine, episode 19 Oh, wait, before we get into this, I, I have a review here Oh, uh, from someone who did leave us a five-star review. It was John Harrelson who left us a review titled, Very Enjoyable, period. Oh. And uh, the review says, as a Seinfeld fan born in 1978, I really enjoy listening to this show. It is great to hear people from two different generations reacting to a show I've always loved. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you, John. Is that the John you know? No. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. There's been a couple of cu- couple of Johns on here that, that you have known, and I'm not saying that in the way that comes up in this episode. Right. Oh <laughs> uh, my gosh. Okay. All that being said, season nine, episode nineteen, the maid. Original air date, April 30th, 1998, only one week after our last episode. Mm. So I I feel like as the season's coming to a close, and the series, for that matter, they're just like, okay, let's just fucking get it done with. Yep. (laughs) 
Um, I was five years, four months, and 10 days old as of the release of this episode. And Tim, if you're counting this episode and every other episode we've got left, mm. if you're following the continuation of how long we've been doing this, we have four episodes remaining. Well, wait a minute. Is that right? Why does that sound um, more than last week? No, because oh. last week we last week we had five. I guess but so. But if you're... Okay, wait. No, I, I, I played myself because I was thinking, I'm like, once this episode ended and I went and counted how many we have left, I'm like, wait, that's totally different. But this whole time I've been saying, if you count this episode oh, yeah. and every episode we have left we have four episodes remaining which is correct okay i was thinking i'm like because for years now i've been thinking i'm like what's gonna happen if i'm wrong we get to the end of, <laughs> end of the show and i've counted wrong but i thought i did turns out i didn't that's good well we screwed up the count anyway <laughs> because when you look at let me let me just pull up Seinfeld and see there's like, so many episodes that are like either counted as one or two it's those double length episodes yeah. that screw you so there's 180 episodes and we're on 169 right now and we only have four left so we're not going to hit mm. 180 somewhere we combined or whatever yeah we we, we messed up because even when you look at you know episodes like this it's like this is episode 173 of Seinfeld and I'm like well I don't know where we screwed up but somewhere well, along yeah the line, it's it's uh like I said, it's it's those double episodes because yeah. early on we decided if it aired on one night, if yeah. it aired as two concurrent new episodes, we were going to cover it as one episode. But if it aired like one week, like week one, and then next week is the continuation, we would record it as two episodes, which I think was the wallet and the watch scenario. But yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Th there's there's that, and I think it was. The season finale where Kramer goes to Hollywood, I think, was two separate weeks. Yeah. Our rule was basically if Hulu treats it as one episode, we'll, we'll treat it as one episode. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, same, same for Netflix yeah. now, yeah, yeah. looking at some of the upcoming episodes. But, yeah, there's a little bit of a discrepancy between that and how they originally aired mm -hmm. on, on NBC. But, uh, okay, yeah, if you are counting this episode and every other episode we've got left, we have four episodes until we become a... Uh, the Life and Crimes of Drake Bell podcast. Oh, fuck where we, no. <laughs> where we do dive in at the, <laughs> you know, the opposite of Ted's advice to not do it, but the last 10 years, a I, deep dive. Honestly, I feel like we could, uh, we could get a lot of listenership and a lot of traction out of doing a Dan Schneider podcast. Oh, was he the Nickelodeon guy? Oh, he was like, yeah, the, the guy behind a lot of those shows who turned out to be yeah. kind of a creep. Like, yes, Nickelodeon's yes. Harvey Weinstein. Pretty <laughs> much, mini, yeah. Harvey Weinstein Jr. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, right. I mean, there's there's been, like, rumors, no concrete allegations, I don't think, but he's definitely... Uh, definitely a creep. <laughs> yeah, I remember when all that stuff started breaking. Probably because you were talking about it. I bet if you went back to season one or whatever, it might have <laughs> even come up before. Because we talked about, you know, I'd, I'd always pull those Nickelodeon or, or Disney stars out. So it probably came up in some aspect there. Maybe that's our end to, like, get an interview with Ariana Grande. Yes. Be, I, I don't know if you know the connection or not, but she was in one of his shows. Uh, I, I imagine. I, I okay. Didn't, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just had a feeling. What, what was she, Wizards of Waverly Place? No, that's Disney, Tim. Oh, uh, my bad. <laughs> but there was it. Was Demi Lovato on that? Yeah, Demi okay, Lovato. Same thing. No, wait, same thing. no. What? No. S Selena Gomez. There you was go. Wizard, was Wizards of Waverly Place. Same thing. Demi Lovato was on. Studying with the 
Sonny with a chance okay. is what Grace is yelling through two locked doors <laughs> and two separate walls right now. And what was Ariana Grande on? Ariana Grande was on Victorious. <laughs> Again, yet Grace is yelling at me because I can't think of the answer right away. <laughs> Okay, um, I've definitely heard of all those shows, and they are all the same to me, and those are all the same person as well to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all the Selena Gomez stands that are going to blow up our mentions now and cancel us, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I like Ariana Grande's music better than Selena Gomez's music. Oh, another slam on Selena. Come at me. Okay, okay. At Stop. Me. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. If you're like the TV guy... That- <laughs> If you're looking at TV Guy the night of April 30th, 1998, you are going to see Jerry starts sleeping with his maid, period. George's boss gives him an unwanted nickname, period. Elaine hates her new 646 phone number, period. Hmm. Kramer gets lost downtown, period. All right. Maybe we can make it better. It sounds pretty cut and dry, but we'll see. Maybe we can marry some of those together or something. The cold open is at Monk's, and Jerry's voice is gone because he was screaming at hecklers when he was opening for a rodeo. But Jerry Seinfeld, the man, is actually hoarse. Like, this is not, he's not <laughs> acting. So something must have happened here. I'm, I'm already going to write this down for homework and go, are we going to find out why Jerry Seinfeld had lost his voice during the filming of the most important filming of his life so far? <laughs> like the last four episodes of his unfathomably large hit TV show? Um, I can't wait to find out why. Yeah, uh, and like, th- this, this doesn't get revisited at all because in, no. in future scenes he's totally fine yeah it starts coming back through the course of the episode which is <laughs> a realistic but b yeah because in the next scene he does mention it again but only because he's just coming out of it so i'll be interested to read about the production of all of this surrounding jerry's lost voice so george says that he's gone about as far as he can with george costanza and then jerry has one of the darkest jokes of the series but i thought it was hilarious is this a suicide talk or the nickname talk oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> I know. They both come up so often that he's like, which one is this? And so George wants to be called T-Bone now. And Jerry's like, there's no T in your name. There's no T in his first name. There is uh, in Costanza, but it still wouldn't make much sense to give yourself a nickname based on a letter in the middle of your last name. Yeah. And not only that, but it's a very soft T. Yeah. Yeah. It's hardly the most important letter, even in Costanza. But yeah, he's like, but there's no G-Bone. And Jerry goes, there's a G-Spot. He's like, that's a myth. I've always oh loved that. Yeah. <laughs> I've always loved that quick exchange, though. That's some good Seinfeld writing there. It's, it's a back like, and forth. Yeah. As soon as George is like, "That is a myth," Jerry just goes, "Boy, the ladies are gonna love you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, T Bone. The ladies are gonna love you. <laughs> um, but G Spot is actually a better nickname than T Bone. That's, yeah. That's such a boss nickname. First of all, the sexual connotation. Second of all, the money connotation. Like $1,000 can be called a, a G-spot, I'd imagine. You know, so <laughs> th- it's like, that's what George is looking for. What a great name. Yo, G-spot, what's up? Like, that's <laughs> boss. That's such a better nickname than T-bone. T-bone is the nickname a bald guy approaching his 40s would want. And that's what George is. So I guess it makes sense. But, I mean, really missed out on G-spot. <laughs> I know both of us have nicknames that we go by all of the time like your full name is theodore right mm-hmm. yeah and my full name is timothy so we kind of i and i feel like that has precluded me from getting any additional nickname people look at me and they go your name's already short and it's already a shortened version of your actual name so you're never going to have a nickname I, so i've never been able to get yeah. one to stick are you do you have the same experience uh 
I, I haven't ever tried to give myself a nickname. Yeah. But that hasn't stopped pretty much anyone I've ever worked for trying to give me a nickname. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, you realize the nickname you're trying to give me is four times as long <laughs> as my name, right? Well, how... What what kind of what kind of nicknames do you mean? Oh my god! Uh, the the boss that we both worked for. Yeah. Whenever I had my man bun phase, uh-huh. would call me Samurai Ted. Uh, I'm yes, like, yes. I don't <laughs> I know how I now. feel about that one. There, as soon as he learned that I knew how to do uh, website raps, he would call me Rappin Ted. Rappin Ted. And he would come in and like just do the worst god-awful rapping for like 30 oh, no. seconds and then i just tell him hey what's up what do you want <laughs> and then there was also uh because you know i'm the tallest man alive yeah. at six foot two inches tall <laughs> he would call me too tall ted uh-huh oh the alliteration i get it i was yeah. gonna point that out that like there's nothing you know i'm i'm of average height and build you do have those you know those few inches that some people you know it, it makes you taller than the tallest person in most rooms you're in i feel like so that is going to be i feel like i feel fodder. like i'm not tall though because i i'm around so many people that are either my height or taller wow you know? yeah i guess I, i'm definitely yeah. the tallest person in my family but yeah. i don't feel very tall <laughs> I don't but feel very I, tall either. Every so often, I'll have a tall day where people will point out I'm tall, <laughs> and then I'll look down and I'll, I'll like get vertigo and go, "I go, whoa, you're right. I'm, I'm having a tall day." Like I really, <laughs> every so often, I have a tall day. Where I'm like, "Well, the ground really is pretty far down there, you guys." <laughs> I woke up being long and stretchy today. <laughs> yeah, but but most days I'm of average height. But some days I, you know, I do have tall days. I don't know. Maybe it's a pair of shoes that I have that I haven't realized make me taller. I don't know. <laughs> You got to get a uh, platform Nikes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've never been able, you know, <laughs> to get and and I feel like I like Jerry and Kramer later in this episode, I'm very supportive of anybody who wants a nickname. If I find out there's a nickname, I'll, I'll be just like them and Hell yeah. use that. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or if I come up with one for them, I will I'll, I'll use it and I'll commit to it. I'll commit to a nickname for you, but no one's ever done that for me. But what if it's a nickname they don't want? Will will you still stick to it? Sometimes, you know, if the joke is <laughs> if the joke is funny enough. <laughs> but probably not. It would probably go away after the joke was done, you know. I'll treat that like a like the stomach voice, you know, which will be fun for a week and then afterwards it gets a little played. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's it doesn't have the impact that it did. You're not just going to keep going around and going, "Hello." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So played. Yeah. So, uh, in Jerry's apartment, he has a maid now. And he is still very hoarse, by the way. And as he pays her, when I first saw that later on, it's it, I feel like it's explained better, but she picks up $40 from his counter. And I thought that was her tip. I was like, holy shit. And, and later on, it even it gets even weirder once it's explained that it's not a tip. Did you think this was a, a tip as well? I, I thought it was a tip. Yeah. yeah because I, I have worked for a cleaning service before. The payment is given beforehand. The payment is given before the people show up. Yeah, and, and even later when it when I thought it was explained that it's not a tip, now it's then it sounds unbelievably low. So we'll we can but forty bucks for a tip seems super high for one person and Jerry's tiny little apartment. Like, what is he paying her to clean that tiny apartment? Like four hundred dollars? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's your tip, ten percent. <laughs> um, Jerry but Jerry is so oblivious to what money is actually worth i feel like that fits into his character like sure four hundred dollars to clean a 400 bed, square foot apartment. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that, yeah dollar per square foot that's normal rate right? 
That seems fair. What's uh, what's the name of the mom from Arrested Development? Is, is that Jerry? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it is. I forget her. I forget the the mom's name. Oh, Lucille. Uh, Lucille. Yeah. <laughs> It's one cleaning, Michael. What could it cost? $400. <laughs> uh, Elaine, and as she leaves, the maid is very attractive, and Elaine looks knowingly at Jerry, predicting what is going to happen. Meanwhile, Kramer's girlfriend, Madeline, as we know from the deleted scenes that I was just talking about, <laughs> Madeline is moving downtown, and he doesn't know if he can do a long-distance relationship he opens a soda and i thought that was hilarious when he opened the soda and it spills all over the place and jerry goes what and kramer goes you have a maid <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile he tells uh jerry and elaine that she's gonna have a different area code she's gonna have a 646 area code because they ran out of 212s for new york city and elaine says when she first moved there she was a 718 and she cried every night because I guess nobody would call her. I think Man, that's, I, I yeah. love this hyper-local New York I know. humor. <laughs> I know. But interestingly enough, I think 718 is Brooklyn. I'm gonna, Actually, let me... Because... Is it really? Yeah, because... And I only know that because my favorite band, They Might Be Giants, since their inception, <laughs> have had a phone number you could call called Dial-A-Song. And I used to know it by heart, but... <laughs> I know it started with 718, and sure enough, 718, along with 347 and 929, are the telephone area codes for the boroughs of Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so I know that They Might Be Giants Dial-A-Song was 718. Let me see if I can do it off. 718-387-6962, I think. Let me see if that's right. Got to put in number, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they, they've changed it. They now have an 844 number, which I think is toll Yeah, it's toll-free. But it was 718-387-6962. No, I didn't say that. I said I think I said 9692. So I did screw it up. But anyway. Yeah. So don't call that old other number if you want to hear the Maybe Giants song. But it was uh that's how I knew that 718 was Brooklyn. So maybe she lived in Brooklyn at the time. But if you go, you know, if you're if you're in the bridge and tunnel crowd going into Manhattan on Friday or Saturday, you meet a guy, he doesn't want to date somebody in Brooklyn. You want somebody in the city. That's what I love about people who live in New York City, like people who live in Queens or Bronx or Brooklyn, like my friend who lived up there. Like the city, that's not the city. The city is Manhattan. Like I remember watching Spider-Man and the first one, Tobey Maguire is like, yeah, you know, after high school, I want to move into the city. I'm like, you live in Queens. You're, yeah. you're there. You're, you're in the city. Yeah. Like, no, no, it's totally nope. different. Nope. Yeah. Kramer tells Elaine that he is faxing some stuff to her apartment, even though, as she tells him, she has no fax machine. I loved Jerry's reaction to this, too. Where he goes, here we go, or something like yeah. that. Because <laughs> it's, it, it's more along the lines of the, oh, what was the episode? The bookstore yes. episode, where Jerry sees <laughs> Uncle Leo stealing, and Kramer goes, oh, well, that should keep you busy for a couple of days. It, it's along the lines of like just being very meta, where Jerry's like, well, here we go. Here's Kramer's story for the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Here we go. Uh, here's here's the zany adventure Kramer's getting into. Over at Kruger Industrial Smoothing, George, attempting to solidify his T-Bone nickname, orders for lunch a T-Bone steak. But Watkins, next to him, orders the exact same thing. And Mr. Kruger says, well, maybe we should call you T-Bone. And George... <laughs> Is like, no, no, no. But everyone starts chanting T-Bone at Watkins. So he is now T-Bone. <laughs> I love this rule of the boardroom or rule of the conference room where as soon as something gets chanted, it's law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like you say it six times in a row and that's it. Yeah, in unison. Um, not, not only that, but like Watkins, like he, he does like the, the cocky like, 
straightens his tie and he's like, well, I guess I'm T-Bone now. Oh, yeah. He's Did so happy to be. Yeah, yeah. I loved that. Uh, he's so happy to be T-Bone. He's like, hey, I guess <laughs> I am a T-Bone. Yeah, he's already <laughs> reveling in it, uh, much to George's chagrin. But I love, I've always loved when George does the T-Bone pantomime where he makes a T with his hands and then points to his uh, arm bone. T-Bone. I've always loved that. I think that's <laughs> genius. So over at Elaine's, Elaine is receiving 57 faxes on her machine and one message from George that she skips as if it was a fax, which was a hilarious. That was incredible. So funny. <laughs> yeah, we're already like, I don't know, two minutes into this episode and I've already laughed my ass off. I got to say, like. This episode has already gotten me. Um, but yeah, because she hears the, you know, you're familiar with this sound, right? The early internet data yeah. transfer sound. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, there's eventually that joke is going to be lost to a generation. Like, you know, it might even be the one after you, Ted, the, you know, Gen Z is going to yeah, well, be. This, yeah, this like, is what's um, that. Yeah, this uh, and the dial up internet sound. Yeah. Because this, this is the, this is strictly a fax sound. Because I. Well, maybe not strictly a fact sound, but yeah, you're right. It's the sound of a data transfer, but yeah. dial-up has a very similar but separate sound. Yeah, I think like that was the that was the greeting tone, as far as I know from those early dial-up days. Like that was the greeting tone that would tell the machine on the other end, "This is this kind of data coming through. Can you confirm to me that you can get it?" So it would send that tone a tone back, and then it would start that. <sighs> Which was the data, as far as I know. <laughs> that's what data sounds like. Yeah, that's what data sounds like going over the phone lines. <laughs> uh, but that first, like, that would be the request for, you know, get ready for something. I'm sending something, and here it comes. <laughs> and so that's what she hears, that high-pitched sound a million times. But yeah, so it's a bunch of that, like, like deleted, deleted. Hey, it's George, deleted. Oh, my gosh, that was just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> back up in jerry's apartment jerry's maid is leaving and he gives her a deep passionate kiss goodbye as elaine comes up and is revealed between them as she leaves <laughs> she just stands right <laughs> next to their faces and she does just her elaine shit-eating grin yeah oh definitely definitely and jerry tries telling her that they can keep their personal and work relationships very separate. In fact, it's it's more sophisticated than most people are capable of. <laughs> and I like that Elaine says, oh, nothing classier than diddling the maid and chewing some gum. <laughs> uh, and Kramer comes in from seeing Madeline off in a taxi cab to go downtown, 10 minutes downtown. And Kramer, it turns out, is faxing all of the restaurant menus all year long to Elaine's apartment. Yeah, he, he signed up for a menu fax service <laughs> named Now We're Cooking, and he says, it's a pun. <laughs> yeah. I, I, how, how, is, how is it a pun? It's not a pun. It's it's simply a, a turn of phrase, I guess. <laughs> like, you could say, oh, now we're cooking. That's a that's an idiom, I guess, because if you say it, you're probably not cooking. But So I, I, I would say it's a turn of phrase at best, because if I was having that, the business I would say is like, now we're cooking. You know, like, you're not cooking. Now we're cooking. We're sending yeah. you menus quickly, so that's kind of like now we're cooking. But also, someone else is cooking your dinner, <laughs> so I yeah I don't think it's a pun. <laughs> it's yeah, a I, I want I wanted to point that out because he's like it's a pun. I'm like I no what no no it's not. Yeah, I would. I mean that that joke comes back later, and I guess we'll have to. That didn't occur to mm, me, but you're yeah. exactly right. We'll have to analyze that and see whether that's a pun or not. I think it might. I think it I is. Think it is. I think it is. On. Yes, it definitely is. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about it though. We will. We will. Um, and so Kramer is, oh, uh, Superman's on the shelf. That's the last thing I want to add about this scene. 
Uh, but I did like Elaine saying, you know, he's like, oh, when can I come by and pick him up? She's like, you can pick him up right now. <laughs> like, yeah, this was <laughs> this was incredible. And I I want to I, I want to like take a second to kind of give a, a shout out to Tammy, who said, like, I, I wish you guys did a, a little bit more focus on Elaine's mm-hmm. uh, storylines in the episodes. Mm-hmm. This might be what like uh, this is a top tier Elaine storyline. Yeah, I yeah. think because <laughs> her j- just the the way she's acting like in her apartment and the way she just turns and like screams fax noises in Kramer's <laughs> face. I thought this was incredible. And her giving it to Jerry over Jimmy yes. Maid is hilarious yes. too. This yeah. is a great Elaine episode. She knew he was gonna do it. He does it, and she rubs it in hardcore, and he can't rationalize <laughs> it to her. Over at Elaine's, a guy is working on her phone. She's changing her number because that's the only way she can get rid of the faxes. And we do get a little inner monologue considering if she could kill the phone repairman and anyone, <laughs> if anyone would notice. And her new number is a 646 because they ran out of 212. So any new number is going to be a 646. And Elaine throws in, I could have killed you and no one would have known. And he goes, I could have killed you and no one would have known. <laughs> I, I loved her justification. She's like, no, it, it's not a new number. It's just it's just changed, yeah. right? <laughs> it's changed. But that's such a funny, like, him telling her I could have killed you is, again, <laughs> just, it's very dark that she was thinking that. And she picks up a candlestick. Like, yeah. she's like, I wonder if anyone would know if he's dead. <laughs> he tells the same thing to her. And it's just a great it's almost a more of a dig on Elaine because as the viewer, we know, like, I wonder when they would notice. Like, sometimes Elaine goes out of town and nobody notices, you know, um, <laughs> or she comes back and they're like, oh, she was gone. Like, uh, so it's very much in in the character of the show. Up in Jerry's apartment, Kramer is on the phone with Madeline. They're watching Quincy together, which comes on at the exact same time downtown as it does <laughs> uptown. And George comes in and he is not T-Bone uh, because Watkins is T-Bone. And he I, finds, I, yeah. I, and I loved skipping ahead a little bit like in this scene, but like Kramer from the bathroom yelling, hey, is that T-Bone? Yeah, yeah. This is where, <laughs> hey, and he walks in. Jerry's like, hey, T-Bone. So they're committing to it. You know, that's what I was talking <laughs> about earlier. It's like, all right, you know, if you want uh, whatever, you know, well, I'll call you T-Bone. Sure. No, why no T-Bone? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And George finds out that Jerry is sleeping with his maid. And this was a great callback because George goes, I've done that. (laughs) Do you remember when he slept with the maid when he worked for Elaine's publishing company for like a day? Yeah. 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 Was that wrong? Should I not have done that? I got to. I got to plead ignorance on this because if if someone had told me when I started. (laughs) And then from what I can kind of take from this is George trying to just kind of compare he and Jerry's experiences because after that he says, have you ever had an ostrich burger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's trying to one up Jerry. You know, make okay. sure he's on, make sure he's on top of Jerry, even though we know that that he's not. But <laughs> that he's done something that Jerry hasn't done. Like, okay, Jerry's able to sleep with a maid. I did that. What about an ostrich burger? Have you ever done? Oh, well, I've had one of those. Yeah, and I read somewhere that he mentions an ostrich burger in the last episode, the Frogger, but I don't, I don't remember that. Hmm. Yeah. I yeah. I, I have no recollection of that, and we yeah. just did it last week. Yeah, I know. Have you ever had an ostrich burger? I have not. Me neither. I bet it's good. I bet an ostrich egg is good. I'm trying to think of the most exotic burger I've had. I think I have had a... Have I had an elk burger? I think I've had an elk burger. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. I think Burgatory has a, a, a good oh. selection of exotic meats for yeah, their burgers. Yeah. The, like venison and that kind of meat is just not widely available enough for me. I'd, I'd like it to be on restaurant mm. menus more. because See, I, I really like pan-fried venison because that's kind of what uh we grew up 
eating in my in my house yeah because a uh, deer season would come around and we'd make jerky and we'd make venison i'm like oh fuck yeah that does sound good but the regulation of deer meat is crazy like you can only eat it if you killed it and you can't raise it on a farm yeah like you can cows and pigs and stuff like that so yeah at least as far as last time i looked it up because i wanted to know why the hell i couldn't get venison readily like it should be at the grocery store let me buy it at the grocery store and and also like if you you know if you kill it like you can't sell the meat yourself either if you kill it as far as i know you know like it's all got to go it's just weird um well well, I mean, I think I think I know all of this because we knew a, a deer processor. You and I both mm-hmm. worked with a deer processor. Yeah. Um, who? Well, well, his her husband was mo- mainly the deer processor, I guess, <laughs> or her family, and she sold radio ads. But um, yeah, I learned a lot. Of, I'm yeah. like, that's just well, messed what? up. Like, give me, give me venison. Yeah. On on the books, you cannot yeah, yeah, yeah. eat or or possess deer meat that you did not shoot and kill yourself yeah that being said right you go to literally any fucking town in western <laughs> pencil western pennsylvania a- any any town really that hunting is a big thing no what no one's abiding by that law uh, so i just don't have i just don't have any hunting friends i guess is what we've learned <laughs> yeah I, I i think that's true yeah yeah so slide into the DMs if you are a hunter. <laughs> I do know. Well, I um, she would bring in the coworker I'm talking about. She would bring in deer jerky and give mm, it to us, which yeah. was oh, that was the be- I, I made that last. Oh my gosh, yeah, deer deer jerky is is the best jerky. Yeah, I think the most exotic meat I've had is gator on a stick at the Mississippi State Fair. Um, <laughs> Deep fried gator on a stick. Yeah, and it was, That's it was the most Mississippi thing yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> I know it was at the it was at the Mississippi State Fair in Jackson. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna say something like, like fair-ish, you know? And like, no, I think the most Mississippi thing I've had is the most Mississippi thing I've had. Yeah, and it was it it is it does taste like chicken, just saltier. Oh uh, god, yeah, all right, it's kind of like a salty, like a self-salting chicken. It's uh, yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> um, so oh, uh, out- we, we kind of got off on, yeah. on a tangent there, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> out on the street, I know where we are. Out on the street, Elaine is giving her number to a guy, and he balks completely at the 646 number he's like and i love how he says this almost like it makes him throw up in his mouth he's like well where's that new jersey oh my god that was so <laughs> almost good. vomits when he says new jersey which is hilarious and he's like do do i have to dial a one and she reluctantly is like yeah, yeah. and he like crumples up the number in front of her. he's like you know what actually i'm seeing somebody <laughs> but you know what that is the way i remember like there that is the way people in the city it's one of like the worst parts of city dwellers is looking at your area code or whatever because i remember i had a friend we lived in fairfax i don't know where he so fairfax is 703 in northern virginia and he went to a cell phone store within dc city limits so he could get a 202 number Mm -hmm. because he wanted to be like (laughs) mr dc and you know and go to the you know go to the bars and clubs and hand out and if you hand out a 703 to somebody who is a 202 the exact same thing's gonna happen i don't want to deal breaker i don't want to date somebody in the burbs what are you crazy uh so yeah i'm like that is um that's a part of uh, culture that i don't want (laughs) that's a part of city culture i don't want um I don't know if it's still as important with cell phones and stuff, because mine, I have a Mississippi area code for crying out loud. Um, what is your area code? 769. Okay. Yeah, see, I, I like having my 814 down here. It's uh, it's an area code that no one has ever heard of, but no one, like, bats an eyelash whenever I have to give my number to them, and, and I say, like, okay, yeah, it's 814, yeah. and they're like, okay, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, and in fact, seven uh, seven six nine is kind of the six four six of Mississippi because they ran out of six zero ones and had to start mm. giving out seven six nines. Yeah, but Mississippi has like three area codes total, so. Yeah, it's not, or maybe four. I don't know, something like that. It's it's you know not a very populous state. So I mean, uh, same with uh, same with Pennsylvania. Yeah, uh, that's true. They they I, they started running out of eight one four area codes right after you guys moved to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this story, but every like boomer and silent generation person on every like news station's facebook page is like oh my god i can't deal with this what's going on what's happening with the 814 numbers yeah i do remember having to like when i got there it was weird not to have to dial the area code beforehand like no you can just dial um seven numbers like that's weird but then yeah maybe it was right before we moved you had to start dialing all of the numbers again and you didn't you didn't know whether you had to dial 814 blah 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 or 1814 blah 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 or or just like so if you dialed a number that you only needed the seven numbers and you put the 814 in front of it you'd get a message saying you do not need to dial 814 it's like just connect <laughs> me how hard is this yeah yeah it's it's the same number it's not like yeah. it's going to a different place yeah it, it was just it was the most annoying time especially for being in radio and needing to call people very quickly you normally had to dial three times before you settled on the right combination of one and the area code or just the area code yeah. or no area code. I don't code. even I don't even know the new area code they started using. I'm yeah. not sure. I forget it um, Let's see. Erie and State College just says 814. Is it 582? Like, I'm seeing 582 area code to replace 814 in spring of 2021. To replace yeah, 814? Yeah. Um, hmm. I, I, I think that's it, but I don't think that is and here's entirely a, correct. Yeah, maybe replace is probably the wrong word. I don't know why it says re- that. Repl- re- replace 814 in use of new numbers being registered, probably. Yeah, maybe that's – yeah, it's just poor wording. That was yeah. a that was a Uriri story, um, but surprise. April of 2021, <laughs> ten-digit dialing starts Saturday in the 814 area code. So in April of 2021, that's when mandatory ten-digit calling began yeah. because of the 582 area code being added. So yeah, but like but like looking at a map of Pennsylvania and the area codes, 814 should not be that big. No, <laughs> like it, but prior to 582, because it, it stretches from. Erie gets all of Western Pennsylvania and goes all the fucking way down to Virginia. Wow. I didn't know it even went. Th- so it like goes around Pittsburgh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. C- Pittsburgh has like the 412 bubble. Yeah. And then there's uh, some eight. Wow. You're right. Oh, my in gosh. There. Yeah. Oh, and, wow. Uh, That's a- so weird. And all, ar- and all around that is 724. Yeah. But then uh, if you're looking at the new one where 582 is half of 814, 814 is still a thing for new numbers. But it's only in like South Central Pennsylvania, and, and well, actually, no, it's it's only Central Pennsylvania. It looks like my hometown, where I was born, and Erie as well, are going to be five eight two. <laughs> it's crazy how, how I never knew how big that was. That's insane. And yeah. a- actually, the the town I was uh, raised in is going to be five eight two. The town where I went to high school in is going to be eight one four. Oh boy! I'm, I'm right over that dividing line. Some long distance relationships maybe starting. <laughs> <in that. laughs> and you know what? I 
this joke is kind of lost to time. It just hit me when I said it. Like it is, it is a phone quote unquote long distance relationship. That's something that's been lo- like nobody cares about long distance anymore. But no. at some point, <laughs> it did used to cost more if you were calling out of your area code. I think. Yeah. Now th- it only matters if you're calling somebody. And oh, I mean, it, it doesn't even matter if you're calling no. somebody because long distance calling isn't a thing. But on top of that. Nobody calls anybody. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> yeah. No, no one under the age of fucking like 35 is calling anybody. I don't know if maybe there was, you know, maybe people from uptown calling us, you know, from a 212 or whatever, calling a 646 would have paid more money or if it would, you know, if it was actually a long distance phone call, but that would cost you by the minute. So him using Jerry's phone to watch TV all day with Madeline there's maybe another joke in there that it's costing Jerry like thousands of dollars. Um, yeah. So it just, that, that's another joke lost to time that just totally popped into my head as we were talking about long distance. You know, I haven't said that regarding a phone call in a million years. Oh, it's long distance. Oh no. We'll wait until after seven. Cause it's free or something <laughs> over at Kruger industrial smoothing. George tells Watkins that he was supposed to be T-bone and Kruger and some employees are watching George uh, just lay into Watkins about being T-Bone because uh, Watkins is like well I, I want to be T-Bone and so George starts laying into him but from the outside looking in he looks like a <laughs> monkey he's even holding a banana <laughs> yeah and he's like he's like jumping up on the bench and like he, he's kind of like swinging and and jumping around oh it's very ape-like it really is yeah <laughs> and so Kruger's like hey what's the name of that monkey that knows sign language and it's Coco so George's new nickname he comes in and he's like uh, you know, we've talked about it, and I'm going to be known as, and Kruger goes, Coco. And what do they start doing? Coco, Coco, <laughs> Coco. So it is written, so it is done. So it is chanted, I loved, so it is done. <laughs> so it is chanted, so it is done. <laughs> I loved George and Watkins coming into the conference room, and, and George is like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I said those things about your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like that Watkins is like, fine, you can be T-Bone. Stop crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, over at Elaine's, she walks into she's walking through the halls and finds out that Mrs. Krantz from her building has passed away. And Elaine immediately asks if she had a two one two number. Meanwhile, over at Jerry's, his apartment is an absolute mess, and Kramer is going to visit Madeline. And Cindy comes out from the back room. She obviously has not cleaned, and she still grabs the money from the counter and. <laughs> Jerry looks around and is like, what did I pay for? And this is where Kramer goes, you're a John. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. You're a John. Hey, you. Do you want more No Hugging, No Learning? Subscribe to our Patreon today for our full archive of exclusive bullshit movie reviews and content that gets cut from our weekly episodes for various reasons. Join the It's a Hyundai tier for just five bucks a month and get access to everything. Click the link in the description or just go to patreon.com slash no hugging and sign up today. I wonder if I can do this like a monster truck show announcer. Patreon.com slash no hugging. Patreon.com slash no hugging. Patreon.com slash no hugging. Over at Monks, George and Jerry are talking about their maids. And so here's where George is like, you know, he doesn't think Jerry has a problem. Jerry's like, I'm paying $60 for my maid and I'm getting nothing. So that $40 that she picked up, that was her total payment, I guess. Mm. Which still, now 40 sounds low. It seems very low. George's apartment is about the same size, and he's paying 60 but even that for, you know, the late 90s, just for in, in Manhattan for a maid, like, 
to come once a week, 40 bucks. Like, that's a deal. 60 bucks is a deal, I would consider. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what the deal is with with the money, but I, I guess it's just forty bucks. And Kramer comes back from downtown, dressed like a tourist, like he went away for a weekend, and he's trying to talk to Jerry, but they're sitting at the counter, which we've never seen them at before. And I liked this bit because it, it is a problem trying to communicate when you're sitting at a bar or a counter like this. And I thought they did it very well with like George saying, you know, don't look forward. Don't look to the side. I don't want you over my food. And he's trying to talk to Jerry. And one time I remember this was in New York City. And I went to this place that was one of these pizza places is like just a hallway. And so we were sitting at the counter, but the counter faced a wall and they had put a mirror up. And so I could still look at (laughs) my buddy Nick or my buddy Mark, whoever was there and talk to them. But it was weird because, you know, I'm right next to them. You're not looking at them. Yeah, you're still there was still an uncanny valley there where it's like those are aren't really your eyes like we're not talking <laughs> i'm looking at a wall but so it was a little <laughs> off-putting but a little ingenious too of them to do that like no this is same as a booth exact same as a booth this takes up less space elaine comes in and she got mrs Krantz's 212 number so she's psyched about it but uh, again this kind of ties in uh, it only just occurred to me how much this ties into the plot of the episode but they're kind of playing a little game of telephone now because elaine's already down at one side of the bar and kramer's down at the other he doesn't even know she's there and somehow Mrs. Krantz dying and her getting the new number turns into Newman is dead. Uh, and so when Kramer sees Elaine, he's like, did you hear about Newman? Oh, oh. Starts like choking up. And now I'm wondering with only three episodes after this, do we see Newman anymore? <laughs> is sure. Newman is Newman dead in the Seinfeld universe now? No, I'm pretty sure he's going to pop up again. Okay. I okay. Good. He's pop up again. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, if, if this is how they write off Newman, that is fucking hilarious (laughs) well it's weird i mean it's weird that kramer's not more broken up since he just heard that his like one of his best friends is dead you know um he's just sort of like oh did you hear kramer's got a lot of friends yeah he does he does a lot of friends that we've never seen so up in jerry's apartment his apartment is still a mess and cindy's just chilling on the couch at this point now not even cleaning at all george is still coco at work he has a jersey even for like i don't know like a uh, softball team or something and it's double zero on the back but george says those are o's as in ooh ooh ah ah <laughs> <laughs> and cindy points out that there's a maid down at the service named coco and george is like wait a minute i could hire her and kruger would never allow two cocos and jerry's line like sounds like he runs a pretty tight ship it is the kind of thing that Kruger really cares about, not his actual business, but we can't have two Cocos. So Kramer's relationship is going, uh, you know, not as well. And But he he lays into Jerry talking about, you know, uh, wanting to actually be in a relationship and not just pay for sex like him. I'll never be like you. I'll never be like you. <laughs> it was very intense. But Jerry uh, puts his foot down as Cindy comes to collect her $40 He's like, well, you know, I mean, you, you, you didn't really do anything. She's like, well, I made the bed. He's like, yeah, but that was after you napped in it. And she kind of points out that it was the the girlfriend taking the nap and it was the maid that, that <laughs> made the bed. And so it all leads to a, this was more great writing from the episode, a breakup quitting. And I loved that. Like, uh, you know, are you, are you breaking up and quitting? And I, she's like, yeah, don't call me or hire me ever again. He's like, well, then we're through and you're fired. I, I loved all that back and forth as well. Over at Elaine's, Elaine gets her 212 number, and she asks the new phone repair guy what happened to the last guy that came to give her service, as if they live, they work in zones or something. Like, that's your building. You always do repairs in that building. Like, no, they go where the calls are, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the last phone guy did... It's all just for the joke that the last phone guy did disappear, and no one knows what happened to him. 
Meanwhile, Elaine gets her first call on her 212, and it's Bobby calling his gammy, Gammy Krantz, her grandson. And this was like, again, so funny. He's like, you know, Gammy, you haven't called. Do you hate me because of my lazy eye? <laughs> oh, my God. I want to know who did the voice for this kid. It's got to be like, it's got to be someone on the cruise, son. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was so that was such a funny line. And I guess it sort of like, you know, like raised the stake. So like gave Elaine not a reason to just blow up the secret immediately. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, this kid is a mess. <laughs> and the only thing he has in his life is his gammy. And so <laughs> do, you, do you hate me because of my lazy eye? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, over in Jerry's apartment, Elaine and Jerry are playing Battleship for some reason, and <laughs> the parents didn't tell Bobby that Mrs. Uh, that his Gammy Krantz has died. Kramer and Madeline, meanwhile, have broken up while he was downtown, and he is calling from first and first. How can the first? How can the same street intersect with itself? I must be at the <laughs> nexus of the universe. Such a famous <laughs> quote from the Seinfeld world. I must be at the nexus of the universe. So much so, in fact, that our friends at Erie Ale Works have named a beer. It's one of their flagship beers. Nexus of the Universe. And and it has first and first on the label. Not only that, but Tim, this completes our bingo card of KWT Design's tattoo flash sheet. Whoa! This is is the last reference. Wow. And it's the street signs, I'm guessing, First Avenue and... What is it? First... First Street and First Ave, I'm guessing. I, I, I don't know if she actually... Put street or av. I think maybe it's I, just I, first and first. I, I think it just says first and first. Yeah. Let me check. Maybe enough. I think the can that I'm talking about does say street um, and avenue or something like that. Oh no! It first street and first street. Oh, first street and first street. Interesting. I'm gonna put down first and first just to see what that actually is and where it is. Okay. Uh, also, probably. in your in your deep dive, can you find out because this is a question I've had about yeah. New York forever. If you're saying like if you're in a cab. Or just telling someone, like, where you're going, and you just say, like, oh, yeah, first and fifth. What comes first, street or avenue? Like, what, what, what are you are you doing, like, uh, north-south first, or are you doing east-west first? Interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to think of... Because if you're, if you're saying, like, yeah, I'm going to 17th and 40th, there are, logically, two different points where you could be 17th and 40th. You know what I mean? Yeah, if... If, if, a... if they if they if they both like intersect, I know like I know like uh, New York is very very narrow. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's because I've only been to New York like three times. Yeah, and I don't I don't I don't know enough about the streets. I'm trying to think of like like 42nd and Broadway. Like that's the way I'd say that. But Broadway is not a letter or a number street. And I know the numbered streets. There are lettered streets, and so there's yeah, like, like Avenue you, A and Avenue B. You know that. Yeah, kind like of thing. if you if you get an intersection that is like both letters and or numbers, yeah. which do you say first, or does it not matter? Does everyone just kind of collectively know what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember this was very confusing in Washington D.C. because D.C. is divvied up. You know, it's it's a block like most cities, but it also is divvied up by the capital is like the center of the compass and so there's northwest southwest northeast and southeast and so (laughs) it's very important when you go oh yeah i want to go to 10th and e whether you want to go to 10th and e southeast and 10th and e southwest or i'm trying to think of where like i think north the north side of the city is where Hmm. um yeah or the that seems needlessly confusing yeah it it really is and the first time like and i remember 10th and e because my friends and i tried to go to this was pre-GPS. We tried to go to, we were going to go to Hard Rock Cafe when my friends came up and visited, like when I was a freshman at George Mason in Fairfax, just outside the city. 
as I already mentioned. And, and it was at 10th and E. And I was like, perfect, we can find that. And we found 10th and E Southeast. And at that time, I didn't know. And it's like a neighborhood. And I didn't know that, like, Southeast <laughs> is the worst neighborhood in DC. Oh, like, that's the no. one you don't want to go to. So we're, like, asking for directions and stuff. Like, just totally oblivious. These, like, three 18-year-old kids in this in the middle of, like, what maybe. <laughs> and we might have been, like, in a nice section of Southeast. Because I remember, like, people with their like convertible tops down and stuff. Although someone later was like, that's probably the head drug dealer who like knows if anyone messes with his car. <laughs> like, I was like, well, I don't know. Come on. But yeah, I think, I think Northeast is the most is where mostly you're going to spend a lot of your time in DC and Southeast was not where you want to be, I guess. Well then like, okay, shame on, was it a cab driver that took you there? No, we drove. We drove. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I was going we to say, driving, yeah. I, I was going to say if it, if it was a cab driver, I'm like, shame on them for not just like knowing to take you to northeast <laughs> yeah trying to find uh it doesn't really matter i've obviously been around or been gone far too long to remember where the capital is in comparison to the actual cardinal directions um so jerry says you know stay where you are i'll come pick you up and he says something too he's like stay alive no matter what i will find you and that's got to be a reference to yeah. something right yeah it, i mean it, i it didn't hit for me yeah i didn't I didn't get it, and that's why I'm like, well, it's a reference to something I've never seen, which is par for the course for Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> so I'm going to write that down. I will find you. It's got to be a reference to some movie from the 1930s. Um, so over at, uh, let me see. Uh, Elaine's. Yeah, are we back at, yeah, we're back at Elaine's. And wait a minute. No, we're in Jerry's car. Sorry. I was well, no, totally... no. We, we, we get a scene with Elaine first because she uh, she's talking to Bobby on the phone, and then she pretends to die as Gammy. And then she's like, okay, Bobby, I'm dead now. Don't call me again. I have that after Jerry's car for some reason. but maybe, I don't know why I would have written him down. Oh, no. So Jerry goes out to get in his car. And Maxwell from Made to Order is there. And he, as he explains to Jerry, it's a pun. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you're that right. is a pun because Made to Order is normally M-A-D-E. <laughs> it's Made to Order. And M-A-I-D to Order. That's a pun. Yeah. <laughs> that's verifiably a pun. Uh, so Maxwell, uh, the guy who is from Made to Order, he confronts Jerry about not paying, and he's like, oh, and it's very much like a a, a pimp uh, addressing a John. He's like, she told me what you're into. You're a sickie, disinfectant on the blinds, <laughs> vacuuming the couch. And Jerry's like, all right, all right, I live around here. <laughs> <laughs> so he tries to pay Maxwell the 40 bucks he owes, but he's like, whoa, 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 give the money to the girls. I'm an independent contractor. Tax purposes. <laughs> I've always loved that too. How it, you know, the the facade of pimp versus John immediately uh, disappears once you know once the money actually comes into play. Over at Elaine's now, yeah, she's trying to end it with Bobby about like your parents still haven't mentioned anything about Gammy, and she's like, all right, well here it goes. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm dying. Yep, I'm dead now. Don't call any. Don't call anymore. <laughs> and then hangs up. And Elaine thinks she did a pretty good job, but as we see, Bobby does dial nine one one. So in Jerry's car, he's driving on his way to get Kramer, and he sees Cindy walking down the street. And she's in, you know, like a low cut, a very short leather mini skirt and a red shirt and stuff. And so he tries paying her right as a cop rolls up behind him and again calls him Sicky. Looking for a good time, sir? Then he's like, you want to get out of the car? Sicky? Something like that. <laughs> uh, and over at Elaine's, the EMTs break down the door and try to save Gammy. Uh, yeah, for, for some reason, the, the New York Fire Department <laughs> is called. Yeah. And it, instead of like, uh, I don't know, seeing if there was a fire in the apartment <laughs> first, they ju the first thing they do is bust down her apartment door. Yeah. And it looks like one of each 
public service. It looks like one fireman, one EMT, and then one other, maybe a cop in the uniform. Oh, I like, didn't catch that. Okay. There's like three guys and they're all wearing different uniforms. I'm like, why? <laughs> I guess they didn't know how to respond. Like, could be a fire, could be a medical emergency. We don't know. Bobby said we need to be here, though. Uh, yeah, and they just totally break down. Why not knock first, too? Like, ma'am, can you come to the door? Like, no, just break it down. As far as I know, there is a dead body there, you know, but I can't imagine that's protocol. Like, all right, if you find out there's a dead body somewhere, break down the door immediately. You got to get in, in there as quick as possible. <laughs> Do not assess any threats. Just break it down. Meanwhile, downtown, Kramer's waiting for Jerry, but Maxwell rolls up. How did Maxwell get there before Jerry, for crying out loud? Jeez. <laughs> but Maxwell rolls up on Kramer and uh, sort of recruits him to be in his stable of maids, very much in a way that a pimp might recruit uh, and, a young lost female. And, and I loved the way... I, I, I guess it would be Michael Richards is acting in this because it, it's very similar to when Joe Devola sneaks up on him <laughs> as the clown. Yeah. Because Joe Devola goes, "You you afraid of clowns?" Kramer just goes, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 Kramer in in the same scene is very much still doing like his his sheepish like doesn't know what's going on character. Yeah, he's reverted to a very innocent childlike state, just like with the clowns thing. But this is yeah. Yeah, no, no. My my friend was gonna come pick me up, but but he's not here yet. Yeah, he's like doesn't doesn't seem like a very good friend, does he? N- no. Wait a minute. I realized how Maxwell got there first. Jerry got arrested when he tried. To oh, that's pay. right. Yeah, that must have. So he was held up by the cops. It just occurred to me. So back at Kruger Industrial Smoothing, George has hired Coco the maid as vice president of acquisitions. <laughs> I I had totally forgotten this. I was like, oh, he's gonna hire her as a cleaning lady, like. No, he hires her as vice president of acquisitions. And this is great Kruger where he's like, you just hire people? Is, is that your job, George? You just hire people? And George goes, yeah. He's like, all right, good enough for me. <laughs> so damn good. <laughs> it's so, it reminds me of, he did this before where it's it comes off as accusatory. And then all of a sudden it's, it's not. He didn't care. All I think right. It was, I think it was in the Festivus episode where, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was us dissecting his delivery of, yeah, it was like, well, I can explain myself if I, or I can prove it if I need to. And he goes, yeah, I guess you should. And it wasn't because, it wasn't threatening, like, yeah, I guess you better do it or you're fired. It was like, I don't want to, I don't think you need to, but someone's going to tell me you need to because I run this company. So yeah, I guess you should. (laughs) Like, it's just lazy Kruger. And I love that, like, accusatory, like, is that what you do, George? You just hire people? Yes. All right. All right. Works (laughs) for me. Classic Kruger. And it reminded me of another great character this guy has played, Wilhelm, not Wilhelm, um, whatever his name is, uh, in Super Troopers. His character in Super Troopers is competent. Oh my God. But also very funny. And so I can't wait till we tackle Super Troopers because any excuse to watch that movie is going to be great. Oh God. Yeah. Now we, we've got another movie to tack onto the Patreon list. <laughs> yeah. And so George is, and, and I love this too, because Kruger, once he finds out she's Coco, he's like, oh, like he's down, now he's down to business. He's like, well, there can't be two Cocos. <laughs> so I guess George, you're back <laughs> and, to and being I, George. And, and I loved how like George is correct. And that's the first thing <laughs> Kruger cared about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can't have two Cocos. Yeah. He's very like, that's the most serious we've ever seen him. So brilliant. But he starts arguing with Coco about something her gammy told her, and they won't stop saying gammy. So Kruger overhears gammy, and George is like, no, the, the, there's no gammy. And Kruger's like, maybe there should be. And George is like, oh, God, no. And so George <laughs> is now gammy, and they do start chanting it, Ted. Yeah, yeah they just go, gammy, gammy, gammy. gammy. 
And as and George yells up and uh, George gets up and yells, Gammy is getting upset. Huh. Yep. So that is it. The end of the episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do we got for homework this week? Um, why is why was Jerry Seinfeld the man, Horace, uh, in this episode? Where is first and first the nexus of the universe? And maybe how do you? communicate cross streets in new york city is there a code to it that everyone knows and stay alive i will find you uh what is that a reference to if anything and that is it all right what do you think we could do for cover art this week man i don't know what are you thinking it's got to be something in jerry's apartment i would imagine like maybe when like cindy is just chilling there maybe there's a shot of her on the couch with kramer coming in and him being somewhere maybe uh elaine once uh once Elaine, you know, when Elaine is revealed when they're kissing and she's uh, she's got that smug Maybe. look on her face, that could oh, be funny. What about the boardroom at Kruger where George is like arguing over his Tebow nickname and everyone in the boardroom is looking out and seeing George yeah. act like a monkey? That's good. That's good. Definitely. <laughs> I do love how, like you mentioned, he steps up on the bench. Like, I do love how they <laughs> gave him a little uh, prop in the scene to work with and like, ju- to like be a more monkey. like yeah, a monkey. To be more like a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> It was such a great detail. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll see what of those I can make work, but let's see what we can do about this week's description. Okay. So we had, Jerry starts sleeping with his maid, period. George's boss gives him an unwanted nickname, period. Elaine hates her new 646 phone number, period. Kramer gets lost downtown, period. (sighs) I mean, the only, like, none of the stories really intersect. And so I think that's as good as it's going to get, except I don't like Kramer gets lost downtown. I like Kramer's in a long distance relationship. I know it's a little longer maybe, but I, you know, that just gives away the end of his storyline too much yeah. for me. So I don't know if that's too long. Just the word relationship is too long. Kramer's in a long distance relationship. Kramer's relationship is long distance. Yeah. I, we could, see, we I could even think... just lop Kramer off of the end of it, I think. What's that? Oh, just to just take him off? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, yeah. I mean, it. none of the stories intersect in any any way that I can think of. I mean, except that the, the only thing is at the very end, they reuse the word gammy, but that's not, <laughs> I wouldn't even count that. So, yeah, I'd hate to lose Kramer completely, but I'm fine with it. I, I mean, uh, otherwise, I don't have a way to make this one better. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, so I mean, we we can keep it as is. I don't care. Yeah, I would <laughs> rather change. I, I would rather change Kramer's to Kramer's in a long distance relationship. Even though it is it is it more words it, it, or just it's more make, syllables? It's making it's making it longer. It yeah, is. <laughs> is it more words? Kramer gets lost downtown. Kramer gets in lost a long downtown. distance relationship. It's the same amount of words because long distance is hyphenated, but it is okay, a lot Cr- more syllables. Cr- Kramer gets lost downtown are we counting downtown as one word or two? Oh, downtown is one word yeah okay so that's four Cra- kramer kramers will yeah, count that kramers. if you hyphenate it or hy- uh, apostrophe, apostrophe. Yeah. Kramers, kramers in a, a long, long distance, distance long distance relationship okay well even if you're counting it hyphenated <laughs> it's still it adds, one more word it adds a word i know <laughs> kramer and, and that, that that's with kramers, kramers as an apostrophe and long distance hyphenated I got it. as one word i got it Kramer's relationship <laughs> is long distance. Oh my god! <laughs> I just hate that it gives away the end of his thing that he gets lost downtown. That doesn't happen <laughs> to the last minute. Yeah, yeah, you're you're totally right. Kramer's relationship. <laughs> what about Kramer's relationship goes long distance? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why? Kramer's not? relationship goes long distance. I like it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, next week we have got season nine, episode twenty. 
The Puerto Rican Day. Whoa. Original air date, May 7th, 1998. Another episode taking place only one week after this episode aired. So I, I think my theory is correct. They're just trying to wrap this shit up. Yeah. They were like, you know what? No more reruns. You better be here every Thursday if you want to be a part of history. <laughs> and if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see the gang gets stuck in traffic due to the Puerto Rican Day parade, period. George has a laser pointed at him, period. And George, Jerry, and Kramer crash an open house, period. Wow. It's interesting that there's storylines in there and then the the gang all get a, a thing to like they married something together yeah. george kramer T and jerry T yeah technically george is in every sentence yeah. of this description that's crazy the gang george and george jerry and kramer yeah so obviously this upcoming episode rife with controversy uh and it was pulled from rebroadcast uh but now has a second life as far as i know unedited in uh, syndication and on hulu and netflix for that matter um, so do you, you know about this controversy, right, Ted? Uh, I know about the controversy. I know nothing else about the episode. Aha. So you know what happens in the episode that caused the controversy? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. And I love the laser pointer storyline. I'm very looking forward to, you know, revisiting that because there was nothing more late nineties than laser pointers. Oh Hell my yeah. gosh. <laughs> Everybody, including every child between the ages of zero and 16 <laughs> had multiple $5 laser pointers that you could buy at any store in the world at this time for some reason. I uh, won one from a fair. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were given away as prizes. They were at the dollar store. They were, they were in the little machines uh, like at the checkout lines and stuff, you know, in supermarkets. I, I actually bought one one time from the tool shop in the Dubois Mall that was an industrial laser pointer. Ooh, damn. It was the size of a flashlight, and you could shine it on the wall, like, 200 yards down in the mall. Yeah, my buddy had one that, like, you should not use outside because airplanes might crash. Like, that's, <laughs> it looked like a lightsaber. I, was, I, I did light it Fuck. one time at night, and it went, like, you could see the beam go straight up in the air. I was like, oh, my God, never do that again. <laughs> that was... Yeah, so some of them got very powerful, but yeah, you could get the little red ones first. So I'm, I'm excited to, to revisit that phenomenon next week. What did you think of The Maid? I I really liked this episode. I, I think I'm going to give it a star. I didn't originally, but in talking about it, it made me realize, I'm like, this is a really good episode. I, I knew this one was getting a star. I think I even mentioned it like two minutes in. I was like, this is, I've already laughed so much more and i was like i was so on the fence about giving last week's episode a star i think i'm gonna take that star away because this episode wow. outshined it. this episode reminded me what a starred episode is supposed to be okay uh, so, damn. yeah I, I i absolutely loved it and just got so many <laughs> huge laughs all the way through and that's that's really what i'm looking for so yeah, I uh, this is this is one of my one of my favorites of this final season, um, and and I didn't really remember it being that great. I, you know, last week I remember looking forward to it, but I you know I I loved it even more than I than I thought I would. So yeah, definitely gets a star. Very exciting. So all right, is that it? I think that is it. All right, for no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.